Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Welcome to uh, a very special episode of the Mo Show podcast. I, I love it when we move the studio to places, uh, not just any place, a place that we've never been to before, a brand that's very close to my heart, a brand that's very close to my country's heart, Lucid, the PIF, own a considerable amount of this EV company that uh, my guest today, Mr. Faisal Sultan, will tell us a lot more about. Uh, let me just introduce uh, Faisal. He's the Vice President and Managing Director of Lucid Middle East. Faisal oversees the strategy for the Middle East expansion and operations at Lucid, setting comprehensive goals and performance growth while establishing policies that promote the company culture and vision. Mr. Faisal, thank you so much for agreeing to do this in your beautiful studio, and I really appreciate your time. Well, first of all, I would like to welcome the Mo Show and, and Mohammed, you personally, um, to our studio in Riyadh. I'm so glad uh, that we now have a chance to discuss some of these things. Right off the bat, I'm a car guy. So this does not feel like, well, my podcast never felt like work, especially not if it's a podcast related to the automobile industry. So I am going to have a great time and uh, you're going to see me smile throughout the entire episode. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Let's start with... Um, with with a bit of background, I mean, you you your your last post, if I'm not mistaken, was at the Ministry of Energy, mm -hmm. and and here you are now leading uh, Lucid in Saudi Arabia. What pulled you into the world of EV and Lucid in general? Would you say? So you know the 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 history on 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 me is that I'm actually an automotive guy, um, Detroit. Um, uh, is where I called home uh, since, you know, in 1990s. I uh, worked for, you know, right out of university, uh, mechanical engineering, and then I started working for General Motors, uh, moved to Ford Motor Company, and then a um, couple of suppliers, and then Fiat Chrysler. Um, in 2014, I was, uh, you know, given an opportunity to come to Saudi, um, and it was under Ministry of Industry, uh, Commerce and Industry at that time, um, a think tank called Industrial Clusters, um, which was really looking uh, to work on the development of ecosystem uh, to, for automotive in the country. You know, attraction of of automotive projects, the value chain development, and um, so I worked uh, there. I led a team and really um, got to know this beautiful country and its people and, you know, the ambitions that His Royal Highness had um, uh, beginning in 2016. Um, as part of that um, development, I got to know Lucid um, because, you know, Lucid in 2018, as you know, PIF um, invested in, in Lucid. Um, met Lucid's leadership here in, in Saudi as part of those discussions and one thing led to another thing and um, you know they said um, what are your future plans and I said you know I would have to move back to United States with the family eventually and they said well if you're moving back you're moving to California not Michigan so that's how I kind of ended up in Lucid in 2019 knowing that uh, you know I will be coming back to the kingdom to really set this uh, operations up. Your background is automotive engineering. So something tells me that you knew exactly what you wanted to do back in your school and college days, and you are still involved in what you thought that you wanted to do for life. And the reason why I mentioned that is because people's careers change throughout. My career has changed 
I was never into, I guess I'm media now, right? Mm -hmm. So for you to know what it is you want to study and then to practice it, I'm not going to say how many years later, so I don't upset you, um, to be practicing it years later tells me a lot about you as a person. You you, you knew what you wanted to get into. Yeah, I think, you know, I kind of knew because I loved, like you said, you're an automotive guy. So I think when you're you know, at an early age, you you really figure yourself out that, look, th these are the things I like to do and this is where I want my career to end up. So I, of course, knowing that, you know, I went into the engineering because my goal was to get into the automotive industry, right, from the beginning. Um, once I worked in the automotive industry uh, for a few years, I also realized that I want to grow my, uh, you know, just enhance, you know, the learning while I'm working. So I stepped into other roles. Uh, I left engineering and then got into operations, manufacturing, um, you know, program management, supply chain. So I wanted to cover the full value chain so I, that could really make me stand out and also be capable of of running, a, you know, an enterprise uh, at some point in time. So, and all of that under automotive, uh, not stepping out of that. So that was my comfort zone, always linked to automotive because that gets my uh, blood flowing, you know, and then in the morning when you get up, you're so excited to look at this product and and uh, work with a team that is trying to deliver something that is going to be amazing. Uh, speaking of other brands, you come from a long history of uh, automotive experience. GM and Ford, to name a few, only you know the, the two biggest in the world, arguably. What kind of experience do you bring with you from those two companies? And in applying it in Lucid, is whether it's a combustion engine or EV, is the 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 way you implement the experiences that you've learned similar across the board in the automotive industry, or did you find new ta new challenges entering uh, the EV space? You know, EV space does bring a lot of challenges, but it also makes the process much simpler. Um, so when you talk about General Motors and, and, and Ford and some of the other traditional OEMs that have existed for many centuries, um, you know, they have um, learned through building vehicles over time, millions of vehicles. And I think those processes... Um, and, and the theory is is very similar when you build an electric vehicle. Um, what happens in an electric vehicle, and a lot of people don't understand that, is an internal combustion engine has many more, like three times more parts than an electric vehicle. So, you know, the process to build an electric vehicle and to own and operate an electric vehicle, it is much simpler. Um, it makes your life much easier. And I think um, that's what you see. I think that's a learning process that consumer has to go through um, because the maintenance definitely goes down on electric vehicles. And, you know, and it, not only are they fun to drive, but they're very easy to maintain at the same time. Less people coming for service, I would imagine. Definitely. Definitely, um, you know, less trips for service. Um, you have a lot of the lubricants that, you know, just vanish in electric vehicles. Um, you know, a small motor about this size, you know, can deliver the same horsepower of a mega engine block. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's amazing what these little motors can deliver. I come, I come from a background of 13 years in the lubricant business. 
uh, automotive engine oil. Where does the future of that lie within the EV space? Does it consume any lubricants? It does. It does. Of course, you have your brake uh, brake fluid. You have your steering, um, you know, fluids. Uh, you have coolants um, that that already exist in in an EV. So I think there is a role to play, and I think companies are smart enough to realize as EV adoption really picks up, they will know you know, where do they need to increase the production off of what type of those lubricants they should be producing more and what are the ones that they should not produce. But, you know, in complement to automotive industry, you have the machinery industry and that uses something very similar, maybe different grades of lubricant, but the lubricant industry is going to exist because you have the, uh, the heavy machinery, the machinery that will require it. So it's just playing with the demand and the market size. Greece is probably also play a, a role here. Yeah, I think uh, you know anywhere you have a couple of parts moving, you know, come moving and then coming together, you do have uh, you know some sort of a lubricant to assist. Yeah, you hit on the word adoptability. Uh, our country, just like every other country, is used to the pump, is used to the combustion engine. We've been doing it for I don't know seventy, eighty years. What kind of challenges do you see from an adoptability standpoint in getting Saudis, young Saudis, uh, middle-aged Saudis to say, come try the EV product. It is the future. I think, um, you know, with change, always there are challenges, right? People, uh, you know, they, they sit in their comfort zone and we all get comfortable <laughs> with things we do every day, right? But um, when these changes come, it you know, it is a lot of education, and I think that's what Lucid is trying to do. It's you know the total cost of ownership, the convenience to char you know charge a car at home, as you mentioned. Um, I I personally now don't go to in California and even in in Saudi between the office and home. I have not visited uh, a service station for a while. Um, you know, that's something that we're used to. We we want to stop and fill gas, but now you have a convenience that you can go home, plug your car for three, four hours, and in the morning, just like your iPhone, you got used to it, you know, you have a, a car that's fully charged and you can use it for a couple of days and do the same thing again at your home. Um, some people would prefer to have it at their office also. Um, so I think it's the adoptability is going to take time uh, because people will realize how convenient it is to charge an electric vehicle. Um, a lot of the concerns that a consumer has is about when they're traveling great distances. Ask, so yeah. so I think, you know, that is where the concern is valid for public charging infrastructure. And uh, countries in Europe and U.S. have done an amazing job, you know, to address that. And I think in Saudi, we are seeing some of the companies already now stepping up and then uh, putting charging stations all over the cities. Um, with the volumes being on the road with Lucid and some of the other OEMs now selling cars here, I think that's going to pick up very fast. What if I run out and I'm on a road trip and I run out of uh, battery? Is there an option where you have a, a mobile charging device? Yes, I think some of the companies will be doing that. Lucid itself will be doing that. Uh, we have uh, mobile trucks that will come and assist mm. you. Um, some of the companies, 
you know, private companies have already started to look into that. And they are, I know, you know, they are looking into um, these type of services. In Europe and in U.S., North America, of course, it's pretty common, uh, you know, to have a lot of chargers, and, but still you have these type of services available. And I think Saudi, that's a business opportunity for a lot of these uh, groups to really jump in. Yeah, surely. Because that's the anxiety, isn't it? What if my car runs out of battery? And and and, ha- and having such a device can just reduce uh, the fear of, 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 of running out mid-road trip. Yeah. Um, how do you see the growth? It, it kind of is like the same question, but if I was to ask you, how do you see the growth uh, of of Lucid or the EV vehicles in general in Saudi in the next three to five years? What what would you tell me? I think with more products being offered um, and and the consumer really finding out of the benefits of owning an electric vehicle, not just to environment, but also at the same time, you know, for their cost of owning a vehicle. I think it is definitely, definitely going to pick up. Um, I personally think, you know, we are already seeing a lot of electrical vehicles, um, EVs on on the road, uh, and I think it'll continue to accelerate. I think by 2030, you are definitely going to have um, a major portion of the road car park or vehicles on the road uh, being electric vehicles, whether they're Lucid or other brands. Um, I think they, you know, it, it is going to have an impact uh, with what the government is doing, the Saudi, you know, green initiative, um, you know, and in some of the countries around us and UAE, you know, they have their own um, initiatives. And I think that's, that's also going to create that demand. One thing I noticed about Lucid right off the bat, that it saw its competitors in the market and said, we are going to own that luxury segment of the market. We want to be, um, I don't know, like maybe the, the Bentley or you know the high end of the combustion engine era. Mm-hmm. We we want to we want to own that. And then I was watching a few videos on YouTube with some car journalists, and he was talking about how twenty-two speakers of I forgot which brand of speakers were in there, but he got to his destination and he genuinely I could tell. I'm in content creation. I yeah. can tell when someone is pretending and isn't. He was like, I do not want to get out of this car because music has never sounded so good. <laughs> Does Lucid pride itself on on actually like owning the luxury segment of EV? And that's is that where it sees itself going forward? Yes, uh, I think that was something that we realized right at the beginning when we started to, you know, uh, search for our first product that we want to launch. We wanted it to be a product that doesn't exist in the EV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're absolutely right. I think what we uh, we try to do is is find that gap, fill it, and then really provide with features and the and the luxury so that the car is attracting the buyer towards it. So there were many consumers in the market um, that I know of that that were driving, you know, the S class, the the Bentleys, and they would you know go to a, a, one of our competitors get in a car and they say, look, man, I can't be in this car because this is nothing like what I'm used to driving, right? Where is the luxury feeling? Where is that sound, surround sound system? Where is the the nice screens that are actually designed to to kind of flow in with the design? Uh, I don't like this. It's you know, a downgrade. It's a downgrade, right? So, so they were walking away. And I think market uh, data showed that to us. And we 
wanted to come out with this product that will give you know that need it'll fill the need of of that so that's i think and and as you know we have won a couple of awards the most luxurious car uh of the year in the world uh already we've won in the past you know a couple of motor trends uh awards so i think based on that i think everyone's realizing the potential and uh, you know the gap that that lucid has really filled mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, 2,300 vehicles produced to date with a target of 10,000 units in 2023 to be produced. Those numbers are around about right? Yeah, I think we we have um, published it in our um, uh, last um, quarter end report. Um, so I don't have the numbers with me, but um, you know those numbers sound uh, reasonable, but I think... We, you know they have changed since then mm-hmm. because uh, of course we are selling every day uh, many many more cars not only in North America but we're selling it in Europe now and as you know you know as uh, we're delivering some cars here to the Saudi customers this week also what does the plant in King Abdullah economic city do you feel how will that spill over to positive sales growth inshallah I, I think it will have definitely have a, a lot of positive impact for sure. Um, our goal is, and uh, we are on target to have operations, uh, assembly operations, uh, starting this year, um, quarter four, in King Abdullah Economic City, where we are going to have an assembly operation where we will be receiving kits from Arizona and we will be reassembling the same car that you see here in the studio, the Lucid Air, Dream Edition, Grand Touring, um, and the rest of the other variants. Um, what that does for us um, is is to really take the human capital, which I think is going to be the most important thing, and get them trained in an environment where you are producing and assembling cars. And while this training and this production is happening for a limited quantity, um, you know we're going to be having a capacity of five thousand vehicles in that assembly. Uh, plant, the Eskidi plant. And in peril, we're going to be putting a factory around it for the complete build unit for a smaller uh, car that we're going to be producing in the future in the kingdom. So we're preparing the human capital. We're localizing the supply chain because we have uh, operations that is already working. So, you know, we have skin in the game, right? So that tells other companies in the world, the supply chain that, look, Lucid is not waiting for three, four, five years down the road and asking us to become their partners. Lucid actually went ahead, opened an assembly SKD plant, and Lucid already has the human capital working in their producing or assembling cars. Um, that makes it so real uh, for, for everyone. And, and I think um, we owe that to, to this region uh, as, as Lucid. Um, that's the smart way of doing it rather than you know trying to do something very big and do it all at once i think it's the baby step approach uh, as as some of our leadership has also said in the past i love that i'm an suv guy i drive a ford raptor for now when i heard that the gravity is going into production it got me very excited <laughs> what are you anticipating from that model to do in the Saudi market, uh, you know, where we're crazy about our SUVs. Is that a product you're ex- excited to introduce to the market here locally? 
Definitely, definitely. You know, as excited as as we are with Lucid Air, I think Lucid Gravity is going to change. It's a phenomenal product. Actually, I was in back in U.S. at the headquarters uh, about two weeks ago, and I was able to get into the car and and uh, take a ride in the car. And I can tell you that um, it's going to change the way people think about SUVs, not just electric SUVs, electric vehicle SUVs. It's going to change the way people think about SUVs. Um, I can tell you the you know the third row, second row. Don't worry about spacing. Don't worry about you know lack of not being luxury. Um, and please do not worry about how fast the car is going to be. So it is going to be a a fast luxury. SUV that is going to have all the practical aspects of what you expect from a full-size SUV, but at the same time, the performance factor will just put that cherry on the top. That's what's crazy about the electric vehicles. They're way faster than anyone anticipated. 10 years ago, I don't think anyone anticipated that an electric car would be cool and something that we can look forward to. We always had a vision of electric cars as looking boxy and <laughs> and the you know the end of the combustion era is the end of uh, any enjoyment for any petrol head like myself. But the performance figures, like I did a bit of research, the Lucid Sapphire, there was one being tested and I caught it on YouTube, 1,200 horsepower. Is that a concept or a car or a model that's going to eventually go into production, the Sapphire? Uh, the Sapphire is going to be produced this year. It's going to be produced this year. This year, and you have we, all the secrets. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in in the, the North American market, we are going to be coming out with the Sapphire later on this year, and some lucky customers are going to be driving a Sapphire. Uh, yes, you are right. It's the world's fastest, you know, acceleration uh, car in the world, beating some of the two three million dollar counterparts. Very uh, good looking car, and it's a good looking car at the same time. So. Uh, we're very excited about, as you said, the air and the gravity, and then now the sapphire also. Uh, and then sapphire is kind of you know coming out much faster than gravity. Um, so I think with those three you know different cars on the road, um, we are uh, the future for Lucid is very bright. How come two doors haven't been so popular within the EV world? Is is a two door sports car something that? Is, is in the plans. Do you have any idea, any news on that? Well, we haven't thought, uh, you know, uh, very seriously about that. Uh, a lot of people do come to us and say that, that look, you know, uh, you, you can turn uh, and then have a roadster of some sort. Yeah. Um, and maybe in the future, you know, we have to be very, um, let's say, we have to be very responsible on how we're spending our money. So, of course, you know, the volumes that you can get with with a sedan and then a, a four door sedan and a and a SUV a full size SUV and then a smaller mid size version uh, you can get sell more in the market and and have your return on investment much faster so you know those are good things uh, to do but I think you know maybe in the future sometime when we um, are well established and we have a lot of product on the road is it true that Lucid have the longest range from any of the EV cars. Definitely, yeah. So the uh, Dream Edition range, um, uh, you know, gets you a 521 miles or roughly about 840-ish kilometers on a single charge. Um, those are, you know, those are um, lab-tested certified results. Um, in practicality, you will get a little bit less, but not that much. N nothing comes close to us. Our closest competitors are 30% less than our ranges. 
Um, not only that, we're also on top of that, the fastest charging vehicle mm. in the world. So if you have a DC fast charger that is available to you and where you can plug in, you can get more than 300 kilowatt, uh, you know, of, of charging speed in an hour. What that means in, in the first 15 minutes of charging, you can get roughly about 350 kilometers, 400 kilometers of range just in 10 to 12 minutes, 15 minutes. And to, when I'm trying to educate the consumer, I basically tell them that's just stopping your car in a gas station, plugging it in, going in, taking your food uh, and your uh, break, bathroom break, and you come back and you've got three, 400 kilometers on your car. So it doesn't think, change anything with how you used to operate. Exactly, exactly. So I think the range anxiety um, kind of starts going away when you have these type of speeds of charging available and the DC fast chargers to complement the you know the capability of the car. Okay, I want to ask about the whole because people will probably start thinking today. I'm going to go to an EV so that I can save at the pump. I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. Do you have any idea how much I fill up my truck for in reals? Probably about 250 reals. 290. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And Saudi is one of the cheaper exact countries in the world for yeah. uh, the cost of petrol. So I shouldn't be complaining. But 300 every time I go is just a hit. If you were to compare how much you'd be, how much filling up your car at home via electricity, mm -hmm. where where how do you begin to make that comparison? So we've done some basic studies uh, because, as you said, uh, you know, petrol is very cheap in, in the kingdom. But uh, to complement that, the electricity is also very cheap. I think Saudi is in the top five of the cheapest electricity rates that are tariffs that are available in the world. So therefore, you see a huge savings. And I think, uh, you know, depending on what, what car you're driving and what the fuel consumption is, instead of spending 300 reals, you will only be spending 30 reals for the same kilometers. Um, so it, it it is a huge difference. Um, it doesn't even come close to being half or, or something like that. You're talking about, you know, one-fifth, one-eighth type of a cost number to uh, have the same kilometers coming out of, of a lucid air. Lots of challenges ahead, lots of excitement. Um when you look down the road over the next three, four years, what goes on in here or, or in here? How excited are you uh, for the changes that are coming in the market, uh, in, in the growth of the company? Uh, what's going on inside? I'm very excited. I think, um, you know, the product is amazing and we have an amazing team, um, you know, globally. Um, we've got the best engineers, the best designers. You can see it, uh, you know, how the car kind of turned out. We've got the, uh, the greatest uh, manufacturing team. So we've got the greatest minds uh, all coming together. I think the consumer is catching on to our product uh, very fast with all the awards, as you mentioned, uh, all the videos, mm -hmm. you know, that are now being loaded by experts, SMEs that are getting into our cars and they just get blown away. They look at the interior, they look at the finish, they look at the uh, quality, the material that we've used. The material, uh, a lot of know, them touch on the material. Exactly, and yeah. it's 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 very carefully selected. Um, it's almost like the car is talking to you silently, you know, um, telling you how great it is. So I think, you know, that 
gets me excited because I think the gravity is going to do the same thing. And uh, Sapphire is going to bring that oomph muscle that is required. Um, I think when you combine all of these, uh, you know, uh, ingredients, I think we we are on to something very, very great. Yeah, fantastic. Amazing. Lots to be excited about. I think the Sapphire is the one for me. Uh, mm -hmm. Message to uh, your message to future owners, uh, those who are all, all they know is the combustion engine. What do you say to them uh, to lure them into what I what I really honestly see as the future? Yeah, I think the you know electric vehicles are the future, uh, in, in definitely. So I think um, you know we as as um, as responsible human beings, we you know owe it to ourselves to really get to know electric vehicles and especially Lucid. Uh, Lucid is open in Riyadh, and we have test drives available. Um, the consumers can come in um, and and really enjoy this vehicle and see it for themselves. You know, it's one thing for me to talk about how great the car is, but I would like them to come in and get in a car, you know, drive it and and see for themselves, you know, what they are going to be signing up to. So it's not like, you know, you are you know, being a responsible citizen of the world to buy a Lucid, you're actually doing it because you're going to love the product. You know, you're going to be excited to drive the product. So that's really my message. Uh, you know, the change is coming and let's be part of it and be, uh, you know, enjoy this. You also save a lot of money at the pump. Exactly. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Fessel. Um, really appreciate the knowledge that you shared with me. Um, I'm excited to see it. I'm even more excited the fact that PIF owns a considerable stake in this company. And, and uh, you know, I hope the next time we sit, we're talking about the gravity and maybe even the roadster and the conversation will completely uh, go somewhere new, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's our pleasure to have you here, as I said, and uh, definitely in the future, maybe we will be in a gravity driving together. Inshallah, so. inshallah. Inshallah. Black is my color of choice. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you so much.